Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. Our mission at New Hope is to engage our city with the love of Jesus, one relationship at a time. We pray this message encourages you in encountering God's love and displaying it to your city. We hope to see you soon. It's good to see all of you. Thank you for choosing to worship with us. If you have your Bibles, would you just turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're continuing in a series, um, just so for those that are visiting, just so you know, is that we're just, as a church, we're reading through the Bible in a year. And so we began in January Genesis, and we're now up through Deuteronomy. We're just reading it, and we are um, spending our time together on Sundays, just talking through it and studying it and just kind of answering some questions. But we're wanting to see overall, how does every story in Scripture ultimately point to Jesus? Because we do believe in God's redemptive plan and God's saving plan that every story from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation is all pointing to the person and the work of Jesus. And even more, as we apply that truth to our lives, that our lives are telling a story and our lives are telling a story that point to Jesus and to magnify Jesus and His saving work in our lives. And so we're looking at each story, and, and you know we can't study every text. We don't have the time to do so, and we're doing different things along the way. Like we just had a Q&A in between services for an opportunity just to just ask some questions and some things that we're not covering. And I want to encourage you that you can always email questions at newhopeny.org, and we'll do our best, the pastors, to respond and help try to give answers as you're reading. So just remember you're able to do that. You're able to call, you're able to text, you're able to do all those things as well. But we want to help answer your question and learn as we study this together. When we look at Deuteronomy, the story of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, just think of it like just a real, it's a sermon. It's a really long sermon. It's much longer than my sermon will be tonight. And everybody said amen to that, right? Be here all night otherwise. But Deuteronomy is a sermon. It's Moses towards the end of his journey. He's been leading the people for over 40 years. So he's been pastoring to them, and this is his farewell address to the people. We see Deuteronomy end with him dying and going on and being with the Lord, and so this is a sermon. Now, when we look at the other writings, like Leviticus and Numbers, when we see a lot of talking and teaching take place, it's always quotations, meaning it's God speaking or God saying something. But Deuteronomy isn't filled with tons of quotations from the Lord. It's Moses preaching and teaching. And so the heart of Deuteronomy, which is the heart of all of Scripture, is this beautiful passage right here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And I want to read it together, and then we'll begin to unpack it tonight. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. If you don't have a Bible and you want to grab one of the Bibles in the seat back in front of you, one of the black ESV Bibles, we're on page 151. Deuteronomy chapter 6, on page 151, beginning in verse 4. Hear, O Israel... The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands and they shall be frontlets Between your eyes, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This passage is the passage that Jesus would refer to when an expert in the um, legal law, a Pharisee, came to Jesus and he said, what is the greatest commandment? 
And Jesus would go in and he would quote this passage of Scripture when he says, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. What does it mean to love God? Well, when we look at the story and when I said this passage is the heart of Scripture, because it, it's pointing us to the overall importance of the, what it means for us to love God, to worship Him. When we see the story of Scripture so far, we see this has been the issue for mankind and God's creation. Our obedience and our love towards Him. We see God create us in His image. And Genesis 3 is a picture and a story where God gave a commandment to be faithful and obedient and to be loyal to Him. And what happens? Sin comes in the world because they disobeyed. And we see a disloyalty to God. Here we're using love and loyalty synonymously together, meaning love is not just an affection, but love here is what Jesus would say in John chapter 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love is evidenced in obedience and loyalty to God. And so if we love him, it's one thing for us to say we love him. It's another thing to evidence that love through obedience. And we see the story of Scripture so far a story where we are constantly being disloyal to God, meaning we're not evidencing our love and obedience to him. And so this idea that the focus is on love and loyalty or being surrendered to him, I want us to see how does Uh, Moses addressed that issue. If the call is to be loyal, he understands that to love God above all and with all has a lot to do with how we treat God's word. And so this is the emphasis. The focus is to love God, but notice what he does when he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Look at verse 6. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when uh, you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Go back to verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Just go up a few verses. It says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach to you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going so that you may possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all the statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Here's, here's what we got to get. That if we want to love God and be loyal to him, that is evidenced in being obedient and trusting the goodness of God's word. But what happened in Genesis chapter 3, which is what Paul would say in Second Corinthians chapter 11, is the same thing he feared. He says, I fear for you. He's talking to the church. I fear for you that you will be also led astray by the deceitfulness of the enemy's cunning, just like Adam and Eve were, to not trust the goodness of God's word. See, here's what happened, is when we don't trust God's word, we tend to not be faithful and obedient, and therefore do not love and are loyal to him. Which is why Moses is saying, if you want to love him, that is the command, to love God above all. It means to worship him, it means he's the first in your life then that's going to be evidenced in how you treat God's word. And so here's what we want to do tonight. We want to look at the importance of God's word as it relates to what does it mean to be loyal to God and to love him above all. So three truths tonight. The importance of God's word. Truth number one is it reveals God to us. Truth number two, it reveals what God wants from us. And truth number three, the importance of God's word, it reveals to us how to love him. 
So starting with just the first one, it reveals God to us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul, talking to Timothy, would say that, Timothy, you know how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings of God and how they are able to make you wise for salvation. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man and woman of God may be complete, lacking in nothing. Notice what Paul says there. He says there's two things that result from God's Word. One, we're able to know God and have salvation, and then we're able to grow and to be sanctified in Him. God's Word, the importance of God's Word as it relates to loving Him, is that without God's Word, we couldn't know about Him. Let me think of it this way. Uh, You've heard this illustration. I give this illustration. It's a common one. But think about someone you want to know, right? So, for example, when I um, first met my wife, when she wasn't my wife at that time, obviously, I first met her, and I was like, hey, I want to get to know her. Like, she's pretty. She's cute. She loves Jesus. I'd like to get to know her more. And so what, did, what happened? I reached out to her, and I pursued her, and I tried to take her on dates and, and all those things. But before I really got to know her, I could tell you some things about her. I, I could tell you her height. I could tell you her hair color. I could tell you what car she drove. I could tell you characteristics, but I couldn't tell you anything relationally. I couldn't tell you anything intimately about her, like what's her favorite color or what's her favorite food or what she likes to do for fun or any of those type things. For me to know her relationally required for her to open herself up and reveal herself to me. Well, the same is true when we talk about wanting a relationship with God. We can look at the characteristics of God. Romans 1 says God's creation gives us characteristics of Him. But unless He reveals Himself to us, that means He speaks to us, He tells us about Himself, then we can't really know all that much about Him. Not at least in comparison. And so precisely when we talk about the importance of God's word as it relates to loving him, is it actually tells us about him. It tells us who he is. It tells us what he cares and what he likes and all those things. It tells tells us about him. It tells us that he is all loving. It tells us that he is holy. It tells us that he created everything. It tells us he is supreme. God's word, it tells us about God. So the importance of it as it comes to loving him, it actually tells us who we are loving. It tells us about God. But second, it tells us what God wants from us. We talked about this in Leviticus when we were seeing all these commandments and the Ten Commandments. And one of the misconceptions that is often thought of when we study the Bible and that people talk about is the Old Testament was God gave all these laws as a means to earning salvation, as a means to being made right with God. So we do all these things so that God will love us. We do all these things so that God will care for us and forgive us. And so we feel like we got to do all these things. But the New Testament is God's grace in our lives, and we no longer have to do all those things. Now, that's partially true. But the truth is, is God doesn't give us the commandments in the Old Testament as a means to earning his love. God doesn't give us any commandment as a means to earning his love. However, he does give us commandments as a means to revealing to us what he wants from us in return for the fact that he's already given us his love. Let me illustrate it this way. Um, Back before Jen and I had kids, we would eat out a little bit more than we do, and we would date night a little bit more than we do. And and so I specifically can think of a moment where I'm driving, and there's this turn that was by our house in Mississippi 
that would kind of decide which way we want to go in town. And it kind of decide, it, it, it was the decision where, like, if you want to eat this, you got to turn left. You want to eat this, you got to turn right. And so we'd go on a date, and I would ask her, hey, what do you, what do you want to eat? Now, sometimes, I know you ladies, you, I saw at least I've been told in my life that you want the, the, maybe the guy to plan the event, and you just want to go enjoy it. Well, that's, that's true, I get that. But this is at the point, a lot of times, in our dating, in our marriage, where I wanted her to eat what she wanted to eat. Because I know she cares a lot more about eating out than I do. I don't really care where we eat. And so we would have this conversation. It was like a five-minute drive before we came to this point where we had to turn. And I'd be like, Jenna, what do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't really care. What do you want to eat? Well, Jenna, I really don't care. What do you want to eat? I don't really care. What do you want to eat? And the next thing you know, I'm just like, fine. We just want to eat anything, right? But why, why won't I pick something? It's not, because I'm not indeci- it's not because I'm indecisive. I can decide. It's because I want her to have what she wants. Therefore, she's got to tell me what she wants so that I can give it to her, right? Because I don't want to go somewhere and her be like, this isn't really what I wanted. I'd be like, well, you didn't tell me. You know, like the point is I wanted to serve her and I wanted to honor her and I wanted to give her what she wanted. Therefore, I would be like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And it's the same is true when we see God reveal in his word the commandments is that he gives us commandments because he's saying this is what I want. See, with my wife, I wasn't trying to take her to eat where she wanted to eat as a way to earn her love. I'd already received her love. Does that make sense? It wasn't because I was trying to earn something with her. It was because I love her. I've already received her love, and I have her love. Therefore, I want to honor her in that love, that she has loved me, and I want to love her in return, and therefore, I want to make sure that I don't take her to Taco Bell if she don't want Taco Bell. We never went to Taco Bell. Um, But whatever, you just get the point, right? It's an illustration. I want to take her where she wants to go, not as a means to earning her love, but as a means to honoring honoring her because I have received her love. When we look at God's word, and Moses here is saying, obey the commandments of God, keep the commandments of God, connected with the heart of the passage, which says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And that's connected to obedience. Jesus says it, if you love me, you will keep my, keep my commandments. It's not to earn my love, keep my commandments. If you do love me, you will evidence that love and obedience of the commandments. And so the importance of God's word as it relates to this call to love God above all and with all, to be loyal to him, it is evidence in our obedience is us simply uh, giving him what he wants in return. So when my wife, for example, to use this illustration, says, hey, I would love to go eat pizza. Like, awesome, let's go eat pizza. I'm gladly giving her what she's asking because I love her. Our response in obedience to God's word is not out of duty. It's not out of us trying to earn something. It's God has revealed to us in his word how he wants us to love him and what he wants from him. And this goes straight into truth number three, that once he reveals it to us, our obedience is showing us specifically how to love him. Now, two and three are kind of just repetitive, and that's okay. That's kind of the point, is that he, he reveals himself to us. He tells us what he wants, and then specifically tells us what he wants and how he wants us to love him and to worship him. The commandments are important. The commandments are intentional. The commandments are how we love him and how we honor him and how we love him with all that we are above all and with everything that we have. He reveals to us how to love him. 
So when Moses here says, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And then he goes on to say this, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Here's what he's saying. is he knows, because he's been pastoring and leading these people for over 40 years. He knows that they are a stubborn group of people. Guess what? We're a stubborn group of people. He knows that if they do not consume God's word, then they will walk astray from God. And the same is true for us. We we just sing it in Come Now Founts when it talks about my wandering heart and grace like a fetter. Fetter is something that binds you to something. And the whole picture is naturally we tend to walk away from God. We tend to walk away from what God desires of us. And so Moses is saying, hey, look, I'm about to die. I'm no longer going to be with you. You're about to go into the promised land. And you must, if you want to stay loyal to God and you want to love him above all, you will do that by honoring his word, by studying his word, by memorizing his word. Notice what he says, diligently teach it to your children. Like diligently, that's, that's not passively, that's, that's with great intentionality. It's speaking God's word into their life. It's every single day, and he goes on to describe. You shall do this when you, you should, um, diligently teach your children. You should talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. What are those? Those are examples of absolutes. So he's saying, whether you're in your house or not in your house, talk about the things of God. Whether you're sitting or standing, talk about the things of God. Whether it's night or day, talk about the things of God. I'm pretty much always sitting or standing. It's always either night or day. I'm always in somewhere or not in somewhere. The point is, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter when it is, allow the Word of God to be on the tip of your tongue. To talk about it, to study it, to memorize it. Why? Not because that's the end in and of itself. But that is the means to which you know how to walk and love God above all. See, our study of God is not going, we just do it to do it. But we do it because it's how we honor him. It's how we walk with him. And so therefore, we hold God's word to a high standard. So one of the reasons why we're doing this one year reading is for this idea of no matter where we are or what we're doing, we talk about the word of God. So think about it. If we're all reading the same thing, then we all have something to talk about. See, all of us are in the same culture, all of us around the same sports, all of us around the same politics. So most of the times when we gather, we talk about common things. Hey, did you see what happened at the game yesterday? Or did you see what was on the news? Did you see about this or did you see about that? And those things aren't bad to talk about, but why do we talk about them? Because it's a point of commonality with the person we're talking to, right? But the point of us doing the same when you're reading is that we would now have that commonality. Because if I'm reading something in Deuteronomy that you, no one else has read, it's kind of hard for me to talk to other people about it, right? Because I, they didn't read it, so we can't... You, you can't go to a book club and not read the book and have something to talk about. Like, you just can't do it. You'll hear other people talk about it, but you can't do it. And so one of the reasons of us being on the same reading plan is so that we can gather together or coffee and say, hey, did you read that this morning? Yeah, what did you think of that? It would give us commonality around God's word. What unites us in this room is nothing necessarily outside of this room. What unites us in this room is our love for Jesus and the word of God. Therefore, when we come together, that shouldn't that be the thing that's on the tip of our tongues. 
And so when we see, this is what Moses is saying, if you want to be a people that love God and are loyal to God and worship Him above all, allow the Word of God to be the center of your song, be the center of your talk, your speech, everything you do, allow the Word of God to be the center of all that you say and do. Let me illustrate it this way. Um, when I travel to other countries for mission trips or whatever it may be, um, technology is getting better. But for the majority of the time, when I travel over country, um, I don't have internet on my phone or data on my phone because it's just too expensive. And so if I'm going, a lot of times I'll go before myself. So let me use Guatemala as an example. I've been to Guatemala many of times by myself. And I would go and I would get a rental car and I'd drive to where I needed to go. Well, I don't have maps. There isn't like, hey, Google, tell me how to get there. You don't have one of those deals because I didn't have internet on my phone. I was in another country and it was just too expensive. So what would I do? I would have to, before I went on the trip, I would need to know everywhere I wanted to go. I would need to know how to get from the airport to where I'm staying. I would need to know how to get to the airport to the nearest grocery store or from uh, where I'm staying to the grocery store or to these mission sites. And I would print out all these maps. What I'd do, I'd go on my computer, I would type in all the locations, and I would print these maps out. One of the things I found to some of the places I would go in Guatemala, the roads weren't mapped perfectly, so I would have to find it on Google Earth, and then I would have to find the road, take a picture of it, and I would literally drive based off scenery. I'd be like, okay, this road or this river is here, and that would give me clues to where I'm going. Here's the point. I would then get there, I'd plan it out, I'd have all these maps with me, and I'd start driving. And guess what? I don't speak Spanish. And if I get lost and I don't speak Spanish, how am I going to figure out how to get back on the right path? So guess what I did? I kept those. I was like driving with the maps right in front of me because I wanted to make sure that I took the right turn at the right moment so I didn't get lost. Because if I got lost, I did, honestly wasn't sure what I would do. And so what I would do is I had a good plan. I studied the map. But every time along the way, just driving, I would constantly what? look back at the map to make sure I was going in the right direction. This is precisely what Moses is saying in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hey, you're about to go into a land, and you're going to face a lot of different things. But if you want to be loyal to God, and you want to stay faithful, and you want to walk where he wants you to walk, and you want to do what he wants you to do, then you must see the urgency of that. And if you're like me in a foreign country where you don't speak the language, and you don't know your way around, it's really important that I don't get lost. It's really important that I stick with the map. Well, the same is true when we see the urgency of what God's calling us to, and this is what Moses is saying, it's important to be loyal to him. And we do that by what? We study God's word. And every day along the journey, that's what he's saying, whether it's night or day, whether you're sitting or standing, you're what? You're constantly looking back at the map to make sure you're still in the right place and going the right direction and you're not lost. See, without God's word, we tend to get lost in a lot of different ways to use this illustratively. Right? If I... And wanting to walk faithful with God, he determines what faithfulness is, not me. So therefore, I need to know what his word says. How do I know if I'm on the right path with him, if I'm not studying his word and following his word and walking along with his word? How, how do I know? You don't. How, how do I know that this is the road I need to be on in Guatemala unless I'm very confident that I can see it on a map and I'm right where I need to be? How can we know? Why? Because God's word is the guide to making sure how we love him, walk with him, and are loyal to him. We study the maps not for the sake of studying the maps. We study the maps so that we can get to where we want to go, our faithful destination, our final destination. And for us, our final destination is to be with God. It is to be with him. And this connects us to why 
John would use language like this in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Why does John call Jesus the Word? Why? Because words communicate. Words communicate and reveal. And here's what John is just beautifully saying, is that Jesus is God revealed to us in person. That Jesus, Colossians would say, is the perfect imprint and the image of God to us. Truth number one, God's word reveals God to us. Jesus is the word that perfectly revealed God to us. Jesus is the one that perfectly revealed what God wants and how to live that out and how to love him and worship him. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, following the journey and following the map is how we know to get to our final destination. And that's why Jesus would say a statement like this. That I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying, I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the destination. I'm your tour guide. I'm the car. I'm everything you need to get to where you need to go. See what he's saying there? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No matter, I am it. I am all of it. I am the means of salvation. I am the way of salvation. I am the blessing of salvation. I am all of it. I am God in person, word perfectly revealed to you. And so what do we do is we, as Scripture says, we receive Christ. We surrender to Him as Lord. We, we confess our loyalty unto Him. We surrender to Him. We call unto Him, would you forgive me of my sins? And then we study His Word, not as a means to earn His love. We just received it in the person of Jesus. But we study God's Word to walk faithfully with Him. And so Moses, the last thing he would say before he would die to his people, that he has faithfully pastored for many years... Is hey, you're about to go into a promised land. You're about to go somewhere you've never been before. You're about to go into a wonderful place. When you get there and you live your life, love God above all and with all, and you will do that by studying his word and being obedient. It's not a means to receive love. Obedience is it. But it is evidence that we actually do love. And so the invitation is twofold tonight. If you're in here, and you would say, you know what, I, 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 to use the illustratively, I, I think I'm lost. And scripture would say, if you're not in Christ, you are lost. Jesus would go on to talk about in parables of how there's a lost sheep and that he cares. That, that if you're not in the fold with the shepherd who is Jesus, then you are lost. But he has sought us out and he seeks you out. That literally, if you're not in Christ, you are lost. And therefore, you won't make it to the destination of wanting to be in right relationship and longing with him. But Christ seeks you out and comes and finds you when you're lost. And that is precisely what he did when he came and lived as a perfect person that he died on the cross and rose from the dead. This is what he's done. And we can receive that forgiveness of sin and salvation. He sought you out. Would you respond to him in faith? The second invitation for you, though, is if you go, you know what? Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He has joyfully and wonderfully forgiven me of my sin. And he is my Lord. Then encouragement, would you just simply love him by being obedient to his commandments? And how do you know what he wants if you don't know his word? So would you be a person of the word, the Bible meaning? Would you study God's word? Would you study what he wants? Would you study those things? And just like I would plead with my wife, just tell me what you want to eat. Just tell me what you want to eat. Why? Because I want to honor her in the same way. We go, God, what do you want from us? We want to honor you. And he's saying, I've told you right here in my word. I've told you what I want. 
Would you read it? Would you study it? Would you walk faithfully with your God? And allow us to be a church that continues to study God's word, and continues to talk about it, continues to go on this journey so that we could faithfully love him and serve him in this world and in this community so that others can hear the good news of Jesus also. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is newhopenyc. Our website is newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you and we hope to see you soon.